0: Today on the We Invested podcast, we have Nate Jensen, and he is the founder of Zero to CFO. Nate, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Wesley. Thanks for having me
0: on. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining. And, uh, yeah. you know, be- before we get started, would you mind letting the people know how they can find you on the Internet, you know, your website and social media?
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, the easiest way is the website Zero to CFO.com, And it's, it's spelled out Z-E-R-O-T-O-C-F-O dot
0: that's uh, awesome, man. Yeah.
1: So there's contact form, email there, whatever. So that's probably the easiest way.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. So let's start from the top and talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and where you grew up.
1: Okay. Well, I, uh, I'm i in Utah. Grew up here right near Salt Lake. I uh, haven't fallen too far from the tree. I did uh, live in Brazil for a year and a half. So that was sort of different. But outside of that, I've, I've been here in Utah my whole life. Uh, in fact, I live probably less than 30 minutes from the house I grew up in. Uh, So yeah, been here, been here a long time. I'm 45 years old. So I've got got a lot of roots here in Utah.
0: That's awesome, man. And so how would you say that growing up in Utah impacted your outlook on life and success? You know what?
1: It's, uh, that's actually a very interesting question. Uh, Utah is a pretty conservative state. Uh, You know, we, we, uh, as a, not necessarily just in government, but but the people as well. We tend to you know, avoid debt, try and save for rainy day, things like that. Uh, I grew up with not a lot of money. And so I was always, you know, I always felt like ah, you got to save, you got to, you know, pinch your pennies. Uh, it was a bit of a stretch for me to, you know, branch out and be an entrepreneur because it's, it's sort of less of a conservative thing to take a risk and, and stick your neck out there a little bit. So in some way, in fact, I remember my dad specifically advising against going into business. You know, you want the security of, of a job and, and benefits and and so forth. And so I, I, again, I feel like I was going a little bit against the grain in doing things the way I have. But I, I also knew it was where the opportunity was, mostly because of the leverage that you get in running a business. So that answer your question
0: <laughs> absolutely so i mean when you decided to take that step out and and kind of do your own thing and become an entrepreneur was that an intimidating transition for you
1: oh yeah 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 my my in fact i, I i've got a little bit of my story on my website but basically my first business i started started a window cleaning business uh you know something simple not you know, not too skilled of labor necessary to to do that a little bit is all uh, but I ended up losing quite a bit of money after a couple of years in business because I uh instead of kind of figuring out where the problems were, I got into a little bit of debt just thinking throwing more money at the problem will get it solved. And after about two and a half years, I was just burned out and didn't want to do it anymore and just walked away from it and had a had a pretty significant loss, especially I was like 20, probably 23 years old, maybe twenty-four. Uh and at that age i felt like i'm never going to dig myself out of this financial hole that i caused because i i failed my first business fortunately i didn't continue to believe that right that changed and so i tried again failed again <laughs> kept trying uh finally figured it out and i've done pretty well so uh it's it, it's a challenge i mean starting a business is, is definitely a challenge, there's definitely a risk and it definitely felt scary to take that step But I guess somewhere deep down, I just knew that's the way I was going to go. So it was, you know, again, painful to go through those first few experiences. But but in the end, I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, and it says a lot too that, you know, you didn't get discouraged and you didn't give up, you know, and I'm sure there were probably moments where you felt discouraged. But you Uh, decided to, you know, just get back up and keep trying, try something new and then just continue to try something until it worked, until it paid off. i mean just having that perseverance and 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 having that consistency is uh like something that really can't be taught you know it's a skill that can't be taught it can only be exercised and practiced
1: yeah but it has so much to do with with just your own desires right like somebody might have in fact my daughter she wants to be an author she's she's 20 how old is she 23 i think now uh she's written five books And she's not published yet, but she's like, that's her goal. That's what she's going to do. And she has no desire to really go start a business, but I have no desire to write a book. Right. But for me, uh, I'm driven. I was driven. Like I've got to do this. I've got to figure this out. I've got to make it work. And I don't know why, but I just felt like I had to. And so you're right. I was very discouraged at times. I did. uh, I would even say I gave up at times. I just got back on the horse after a while. Right. But, uh, it's, if, if, if you know that that's where you want to go and that's the direction you want to go, you'll find a way to get there and anticipate those those obstacles because they will be there. But yeah, if you keep pushing and keep going back, keep going back, you'll figure it out. That's what I found anyway.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, let's just kind of transition and talk a little bit more about the company that you've created and that you've built and grown today. Um, you know, and I want to ask... What is zero to CFO?
1: So zero to CFO actually came out of, kind of came out of something I started doing with my prior business. Uh, My prior business I did, I had a bookkeeping company. We did bookkeeping, we did controllership services and we did financial analysis and reporting like a fractional CFO. So we would tell people, you know, based on looking at their numbers, here's what you need to change to make yourself, make your business more profitable. Uh, one example, you know, people would have probably the question I got the most actually is how do I know when it's time to hire somebody? Uh, and if you don't know your numbers and you don't know, you know, you don't understand kind of what's driving your profit in the first place, you never really know. It's like, Hey, it feels like everybody's busy. We better hire someone. And that's very little data to make that kind of decision on. And so with that company, we started. We did a lot of, again, consulting and, and analyzing data to, to, answer these kinds of questions for people. But what I found was that there were a lot of people that needed what we could do and needed that you know, high level analysis for their business, but they couldn't afford it. Right. To have, have a fractional CFO, even when someone's starting out or even the first year or two of their business, sometimes it's, is it's pretty expensive compared to what your revenue might be. And so zero to cfo is a company that i started to try and take that that data analysis and those those really uh data centered questions and answers and solutions to a broader audience and so uh there's a there's a software that we use that we basically we plug into your quickbooks or your zero whatever you know your accounting software that takes data out of that and then we're able to use that to create a dashboard financial dashboard. So it's very visual, but also highlights. Here's, you know, again, going back to that hiring question, right? Like here's your compensation, uh, not just as a dollar amount, but maybe as a percentage of some other number and you want to keep it within this, you know, these parameters. And so if your compensation is too high, you can't hire if it's once it gets low enough, then the hiring is an option. And so right, right now that's, that's the, the flagship product is to take, uh, Take anybody like any size of business, just about who needs that data, but maybe can't quite afford a fractional CFO and automate it. And so we call it automated data analysis. And it's just, again, it's, it's a very visual way to look at your, your, the performance of your company, not just to say, Hey, how are we doing? Are we doing good or bad, but to drive those decisions. It's like, Hey, we want it to be more profitable. What do we need to change? That's the, that's the kind of information that this dashboard or it's a custom dashboard really for the most part but that's the kind of information that we hope to be able to provide to every single business that's, that feels like they have a need so they can make those decisions. And you're, you were, we were talking before we started, you're a, you're a financial guy, clearly. So you understand, I'm sure the value of good data and making those kinds of decisions.
0: Absolutely, man. And you know, it's one thing about data, like it has such a wide spectrum, a wide range of things that it that it can mean. And, um, You know, I feel like if you don't know exactly what you're looking at or what you're looking for, it can be very intimidating to try to take in all this data, to try to understand, to understand the data and then to understand it enough to uh, segregate it out and then to um, pick and choose what you need in order to like help your business grow and become profitable. So, you know, having having someone like you to, to help Point people in the right direction or help people understand what they're looking at and why what they're looking at is important um you know is is a very vital key to running a Mm -hmm. successful business but you know something that you mentioned earlier was that you grew up with with the mindset of i need to save every dollar i get i need to like penny pin so to speak so do you think that impacted your um or kind of led you to the the financial industry and kind of getting started in what it is that you do now?
1: No, no honestly, not really. I, it, way back in high school, I never never imagined I'd, I'd go into accounting and finance at all. Uh, I was actually in theater, uh, really liked drama. And I, in fact, I was sure I was either going to be high school drama teacher or a movie star and make millions of dollars, right? It's one or the other. Uh, when I got out in the real world, I actually got a bachelor's degree in marketing. And I just, I couldn't make it work. Couldn't get a job that would really pay me anything and was really frustrated for a little while. I stumbled into bookkeeping because I happened to know how to use QuickBooks just a little bit. And so I started doing a little bit of bookkeeping and I was doing it part-time and I thought, well, as long as I'm doing it part-time, let me find another part-time job doing, doing the bookkeeping as well. And it just started to click, right? It's like, my I don't know if, if my brain just is is wired in such a way that that kind of thing, yeah, you know, it, it just felt right. Like the the structure and the order in accounting just worked for me. And so at that point, I went uh, I went back to school. I actually went and got a my certified management accountant. I got uh, I went back and got a master's degree in forensic accounting, and you know never looked back. It's 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 with each step, it's just like oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't know. That you could do this with accounting. I didn't know accounting was so valuable, right? Like I always thought, you know, prior to that, I always thought accounting is like, oh, it's like tax people, right? They just do taxes all day long. And it's to, to take data out of a business and be able to analyze it and turn around to an owner and say, look, if you change this, you'll make more money. If you change this, you'll make more money. Uh, it's powerful, right? And it's, it's not, you know, I always envisioned like, again, the guy kind of hunched over his computer all day, Clickety clacking on his keyboard, uh, filling out tax forms. Um, but I love, I love being help being able to help entrepreneurs drive the profitability. It's just it's it's fun. And it's kind of where my where my path has led. And so that's maybe a long answer to your question. But no, I definitely never saw myself going you know going this direction from you know from my youth. It was sort of accidental. But when I found it, it, it really worked.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, and it's like, um, it seems pretty cool to me because it it feels like you've been able or it seems like you've been able to kind of merge the two interests. You mentioned that you like you were in theater growing up and that was kind of what you what you thought you were going to go towards. And you went to school for marketing, but you also went to school for forensic accounting. So it's like, you know, it's I'm not going to say it's rare, but it's kind of rare to have. Like a creative brain as well as an analytical brain to be able to do both both things yeah. at once and merge them and uh you know when i was looking at your website and doing your research i was looking at it and i saw the background and i kept seeing the same theme and i'm like this is cool because i feel like it's it gives off a message you know what i'm saying like i felt i felt like it gave off a message i got a message from it like hard work you know that's mm-hmm. what i got from it like from seeing the the background on your website the boots and then when i'm looking at your background now it's like a, a peaceful serene atmosphere a nice scene so it's it's still like a visual and creative aspect to it but you mm-hmm. found a cool way to merge it in and show your personality through the analytical side through the 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 forensic accounting side you know
1: yeah yeah well thanks i like I, I love people, working with people. And so I think that's why I never really saw myself going into accounting. And I definitely uh, adapted to the analytics, right? I, I've become much more analytical just because of my training, just because that's where I've been. But I'm, I'm definitely, it's, I feel like if you're not working with people, it's just, it gets very lonely. It's, it you know, there's there's no color, there's no life to it. So yeah, I do, I do like There's two sides to that
0: absolutely man it's, it's the duality of it um you know but i guess the important thing that our business owners want to hear is that powerful sentence that you said like hey if you do this you make more money that's the yeah. that's the thing that everybody every business owner every non-business owner wants to hear just do this and then you can make more money um yeah so you know how does having a forecast help companies improve their profits so
1: let me i'm gonna have a couple examples of this actually let me
0: let me come back
1: to the forecast in just a second i want to tell a story when i first became a a, a cma certified management accountant uh i was still fairly young at least i think so now i was fairly young uh I, i was new enough in the industry that i was wanting to sort of test out my skills right and so I went to my employer at the time and I said, I'm gonna do an analysis and see what, you know, what which product line is our most profitable and least profitable. And I found out that they, they had four major product lines. And I found out that one of them was losing money consistently, right? Losing money, losing money every single month. And I said, Look, if you just stop selling this product, you'll make about four thousand dollars more per month. Right? It wasn't like you had to sell the product line you know sell that piece of the company or anything i'm like just stop doing it stop producing this get rid of the resources you're throwing at this and you'll make more money and over over, i was there about four years and over the next four years and he wouldn't do it because it was his it's like his favorite part of it right it's his baby he wouldn't let it go he wouldn't let it go and i watched him lose about three to four thousand dollars a month on that product line while the rest of his company was making money and supplementing that product line. So it's like, like you were saying, hey, if you do this, you'll make more money. In that case, it was like, if you just stop doing this, you'll make more money, right? And and I think that's the kind of insight that's really valuable. Now, I will mention, you, you, you brought up a forecast. Forecast is part of the dashboard that we create. And to me, it's, it's possibly the most valuable piece of the dashboard because if you, You know, you log in, again, most people use QuickBooks. Let me use QuickBooks as as an example. If you log into QuickBooks and you think, I want to know how I did, you pull up your profit loss statement and you're able to see last month, I made a grand, I made five grand, I made 20 grand, whatever, or maybe I lost some money, right? If you do that, you've already had that experience. You You have no more power to control that outcome, right? That outcome already exists, it already happened. One of, one of the things that I, I can't, it, it's, it's honestly strange to me how many times I encountered this, Wesley, is I would go into a client and I'd say, first thing we're going to do is a forecast. I want to see where we're going, how we're doing, how we're expecting to do. And the number of times that we did that, and then I came back to the owner and said, look, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to lose money for the next you know two or three months. It's It's astounding. Uh, and what happens is people don't have that forecast. Again, they're always looking back and saying, Oh, that was a bad month. Well, let's, let's try it. You know, let's try it. Let's work harder. Let's maybe try to spend so much. Let's, you know, sell more. And there's no real plan. Um, but again, not just that there's no real plan, but you, you've got your results It's too late to change it. And you're just trying to, you know, salvage what's left with the forecast. If you see that you're not going to, uh, if you're not gonna hit goals, if you're not being profitable or as profitable as you wanna be, changing it beforehand is, I mean, it's amazing. Like if you do a forecast, the one thing you know is it's never gonna be right, right? It's always a guess. It's always an estimate about the future. But if you, if you do create a forecast and it's your best guess and the result is substandard, right? It's like, hey, this is the result we want. This is the result we're expecting. And they're all different. I can change it now i can i can make those changes whether it's in personnel or in other resources or i can sell more whatever i got to do i can i can affect the result in the future i can affect the result in the past so when we build our dashboards i make sure every single one has a forecast and you can visually see on your graph hey here's your profit and here's where it's expected to go not just where it's been and knowing where it's expected to go there's so much power you're empowered to make those changes right to make the change now so that so that you make more money in the future so i'm i'm passionate about the forecast that's one of my favorite pieces so you can tell
0: i mean and how is it delivering this news to these different business owners and entrepreneurs telling them hey don't sell this anymore or, hey you need to change it up um most entrepreneurs are strong-minded and strong-willed but i understand that they're also paying you for a service and they're paying you to learn more about their business because most business owners and entrepreneurs aren't necessarily focused on the financial side. They're focused on the product. They're fo- focused on mm-hmm. business development. But how how is that response typically for you? You know,
1: it, the, the, I'd say there's not not a typical response, to be honest. The story that I told you where the guy was willing to lose that money month after month after month, he was very He, he was very self-focused right uh it, it was he was he was the boss he was in charge he didn't he didn't ever want to he wanted all the credit for a lot of he wasn't the best guy i've ever worked for him they went that way on the other hand a, a much more recent client uh when i started with them there was two owners and they said look we don't know anything about accounting we need you to tell us what we what we sh-. we didn't even know the questions to ask right we need you to Forever. tell us uh, what we need to know, and I've worked with them for about five and a half years now. And to see them make changes when I say, "Hey, here's exactly where you stand. Here's where we're going. Here's the difference." They they make the changes, and they're hard decisions sometimes, right? They have been, you know, we've been through. With, I've been with them through COVID. Uh, there's times they had to lay people off. It's 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 not easy. Uh, but if you can take an honest look at your financials that uh, You know your financial status, uh, you can make the right decisions. And so some business owners are great. Some business owners, after they pay you all the money and you tell them what they need to know and they do the opposite thing, uh, it's great to be paid, but honestly, it's a little frustrating. It's like, look, I'm telling you exactly what you need to know. Uh, And so, again, there's not a typical response. I've seen both ends of the spectrum and there's everywhere in between. Now I will say uh, I, I had a, an experience with it with a friend of mine. She owns a dance school, and she had a she had to make a decision. She had an employee who was part time, and he taught. I think he taught like a break dancing class, uh, which was was pretty popular. But he's only a part time teacher, right? And he came to her and said, "Look, I need to go full time, or I need to go find a job somewhere else." And so she she and I were talking about it, and she was like, "Look, I don't know what I should do." Like I I like the revenue I get from his class, but if I bring him full time, I've got to pay all this extra money to him. But if he leaves, I might lose the revenue that he's getting. or getting from that class. And I like him. I just, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what's the difference? Like, what's the financial difference? She's like, I don't know. And so we sat down and said, okay, here's the, here's the revenue you could, could lose or gain in each scenario. Uh, and I said, this isn't the only thing you need to make a decision on. Like, you need to know these numbers because sometimes the numbers are so drastic that they're going to say this is, you have to go left or you have to go right. But in her case, it the margin was pretty small. It's like, well, the revenue lost if he leaves was pretty close to the extra cost if he stays, which let her make a decision a lot more based on her feelings, right? Like, do I like the guy? Do I think he's going to help me build the business and and, and grow and so forth? but I think you've got to know the numbers first. If you know the numbers, that's a starting point, and then you can use some of those other soft factors in making those decisions. But if you don't know the numbers, making a decision based just off those sort of, you know, touchy-feely kind of uh, factors, it's not enough. You're you're, you're, you're going going from the gut, which isn't always a bad place, but you got to know the numbers first to make sure that's a good decision. Does that make sense? I don't know if I explain that super well.
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. So what mistakes do people make most in accounting for their business?
1: Okay, so I've said this, I've probably literally said this hundreds of times. It's a statistic that I just made up off the top of my head. But the longer longer I've done this, the more I, I feel that it's correct. And it's simply this 95 percent of your data analysis happens in your data entry and what i mean by that is i've had people say hey we need your help right we need you to tell us if you know what do we need to change to be profitable right what what are the changes we have to make but when we look at their books they've been kept poorly they've been kept inconsistently and the data the data is just not there right and the data that is there isn't isn't trustworthy we can't really rely on it to make decisions and so the main thing is just getting your data captured correctly and consistently i think that's the biggest mistake that i see is uh and it usually looks like this the owner's bootstrapping and so they don't hire a professional bookkeeper they're like i'll do it myself or my wife or my brother's going to do it and then you know their wife or their brother Do it for a few months and then they get a new job and then the owner's like well i'll just do it but then they don't do it for six months and then they try to get back to it if you have good data it's very easy to see what needs to change and so i know i can't analyze anything that's not there obviously so if that's the first thing is just make sure your books are clean make sure they're up to date make sure they're 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 good and if they are well honestly if they are you're actually doing better than most startups Um, But if they're not, make the changes you need to. Sometimes when we start the analysis, we're not able to say hire people or lay people off or stop spending money here or, you know, find more clients like this. We're having to say, you need to start tracking this piece of data. You're not doing it. You need to start tracking this. So sometimes you can't drive profitability right away. You've got to make changes first to get the data and then, uh, then you can go into the profitability
0: and that definitely makes a lot of sense i mean and if you look at publicly traded companies on the stock market or in the stock market you see that they track their data and they track their revenue they track their debt losses they track a lot of different data and they have Mm -hmm. to present this data quarterly to investors and to their board or whatever to um so they can make the best decisions for the company so they can make the best investments and and decide if they need to lay off employees or whatever the case may be but it's I mean it makes sense because it's impossible to make a decision or it's impossible to make a um educated decision or the best Mm -hmm. possible choice without having all the all of the data and all of the information available to you
1: yeah I like to equate it with playing a game of chess with a blindfold on yeah
0: right
1: if you sit down to a chessboard and you kind of know how to play and the first thing you do is put a blindfold on, you're going to lose, right? Uh, what we do is we, with the analysis that we do, is we take that blindfold off. You've still got to play good moves, right? You've still got to make good decisions, but at least you can see what you're dealing with, right? You can see where everything is and you can make the best decision you can in every situation because you can actually see the see the pieces involved.
0: What's the number one thing any business can do right now to improve their profitability? So
1: I'm going to, I'm going to repeat just one thing that I said is one, you've got to have your data, right? That's the first thing. Uh, If your data is not good, you got to get good data. So I've already talked about that. The second thing is something else I've already said, and that's the forecast. Okay. Again, looking backwards you can't fix that you can't change that result but even if you're forecasting one month right and you base it on last month or whatever so that's fine you got to have historical data if you're going to do some of that but if you if you even forecast just one month and you're able to say here's our expected revenue here's our expected cost here's our expected profit is that acceptable uh and if it's not you you then start saying okay what do we need to change can we drive sales up right? Are we spending money next month that we really don't need to, that's not giving value back to the company. And so those are the first two things, have good data. And then the second thing is have a forecast. So if you don't have a forecast, you're, you're sort of driving, looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. Uh, yeah, those are the two things is those, if I were to come into business to consult, those are the first two things I would be on is one, do we have good data? And two, do we know where we're going?
0: I understand that it's important for a business to have cash flow. A business cannot survive w- without cash flow. Yeah. But how can a company focus on improving their cash flow?
1: So this is one that it, it depends on the kind of business, right? If, you're, if your business sells, say you sell a product on the internet and people pay cash, you know, pay with a credit card or whatever as they purchase a the product, cash flow is probably not going to be an issue for you. But if you're a business that you provide a service or a product, and you bill your client, and they're going to pay you like in 30 days or 60 or 90 days, cash flow becomes a much bigger issue. So my first piece of cash, cash flow advice is get paid up front whenever you can. Even in industries I've seen in industries where it's typical that you don't, there are companies out there that say, "Hey, we'll only do business if you pay up front, or at least 50% up front." Uh, and so if you don't have those kinds of credit terms, I would, that's the first place I would look at seriously changing that. If you're giving people net 30, give them 50% down and then net 30, maybe on the other 50%. Uh, I don't recommend taking credit cards unless you're going to charge for the credit card fee, because in the short term that helps, but in the long term, you're paying a lot of money for that. And then one thing I'm going to say not to do. And it's kind of against standard accounting uh you know knowledge or standard standard accounting practices. One thing you're told to do is slow down your payables. Like if you if you're paying somebody net 30, you know, pay them net 40, net 45, and and keep your keep your money longer. I don't recommend that, at least in small businesses. In in large businesses, it might make sense, where if you have You know 10 million dollars in the bank and you keep it for 15 more days you actually have a significant amount of interest coming in from that money but if you're a small business slow paying your vendors not only can hurt that relationship but if you've done that and you've used that cash for other things and then suddenly sales slow down you're suddenly you know your cash flow coming in is slowed down and now you're already late with your vendors and you get squeezed And i've seen that happen in multiple cases where yeah you know, management has said hey let's slow pair vendors to save cash and then they got pinched later and just it's it's not a good situation so uh anyway just to restate and summarize speed up your collections get paid up front that's the that's the first thing I would do
0: I mean you you just mentioned the importance of kind of keeping those vendors happy maintaining those relationships meaning the maintaining a good relationship with your vendors and your partners and, and things of that nature. So Mm -hmm. what would, what would you say is the importance of building relationships? And I, this is a two part or maybe even a three part question, but what would Uh you say is the importance of maintaining those relationships? Um, And with your marketing degree, how have you seen that benefit your business and what you do now?
1: So I, in fact, I, I, I'm i not currently, but I've been part of a, a networking group where their, their slogan is, business is about relationships. And they they kind of drill it into you. People do business with people that they like and that they trust. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you... And, and it could be a vendor relationship, it could be a client relationship, could be an employee relationship, right? As soon as you've shown that other party that you're always going to put your own interests above theirs. You've lost the trust, and and you'll see that. I've seen that mostly with with employer-employee relationships, where uh, an employee senses that the the owner's not going to be fair, or a, an owner senses that an employee is going to work just as little as they can and still get away with it. Uh, it. It's not good, right? How are you supposed to work synergistically together? You've got to you've got to keep the trust there. And so whether it's paying vendors on time, whether it's, uh, you know, treating an employee fairly, you know, from a, an entrepreneur's perspective, uh, you've got to maintain that relationship. To me, that's that's the most important thing. Uh, in my business, in fact, in the business that I, because I, like I, I think I mentioned I sold a business somewhat recently. Uh, that was a hard thing because a lot of my clients were my friends, right? And to to walk away from that part of me felt like I'm, I'm abandoning them. I'm, I'm you know, leaving them. Uh, but, um, I mean, it helped knowing that they were going to a good company and getting, going to be taken care of. But having relationships like that, I think has, has made me more money. Like, cause there's Wesley, there's times I think when we're, we're not on our, on the top of our game, right? Sometimes where we're just not, we're, we don't knock it out of the park every time, but having having a friend who's your client uh, who will understand when you're going through something hard and be like, it's fine. You know, we know you deliver and take care of what you need. And then when you're out of it, you know, they're going to stick with you through those hard times, even if you're not giving them the best value all the time, hopefully you are, but sometimes you just can't. It's the relationship that keeps that, you know, whether it keeps them as a client or keeps your employees employee or whatever it is, uh, it's a relationship. In fact, I did. I listened to just recently a uh, small video by a guy named Patrick Lencioni. He's a, he's a you know management leadership guru kind of guy, and he talked about how with employees especially, it's like it's not about paying them more. It's like once you once you're paying them enough to satisfy their needs, just throwing money at them to get what you want, they're going to feel like they're being bought, and nobody wants to feel like that says what people actually want is they want people to connect with them. And so if you have employees and you sit down to have a one-on-one and the first thing out of your mouth is let's look at your goals for this quarter and are you meeting what you're supposed to, it's going to feel very transactional. But if you say, Hey, how's your family? How's your friend how's your personal life? What's going on in your life? What are you into? And you actually get to know them and they feel a connection and they feel like they're loved even at work. They're going to work so much harder for that boss than for the boss who just hands them a spreadsheet with the goals they hit and the goals they missed and the performance that's you know supposed to be improved. Uh so I don't know if I got off the top of your question or not, but but yeah, it's it's relationships, right? I mean, I can sit down with with anybody and show them, hey, change this and, and you'll get, you know, you'll you'll increase your profit. Uh but when I'm able to actually meet with someone and see them improve their business and both of us sort of celebrate together when someone has a success because of that uh it's more than a transaction it's like hey we 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 connected i'm happy because you're you're more successful and and it's it's win win it's it's great
0: is it is it difficult getting entrepreneurs and business owners to uh pull back the veil on their finances and to reveal that and so I guess that's question one and then question two is how do you focus on getting new clients or how do you focus on growing your business and, and getting the word out
1: so uh the first one usually by the time people talk to me they're not they're not too concerned about sharing financial data um it's sort of like like if someone's eaten bad for years and they they go to the doctor because they're overweight or they're unhealthy for whatever reason they're by the time they get to like hey doc i'm i'm a mess tell me what i need to do right so when they talk to me it's usually like hey i know we haven't done bookkeeping for six months or i know you know we've lost money for the last three months but please fix us tell us what we need to change uh and so no i i typically don't find a a challenge at that point again the only the only challenging piece i think is when i tell someone hey you need to change this and because of an emotional reason they're unwilling to, like to do it rather than sort of a logical reasoning kind of brain um and then for me getting the word out uh it's it's i i don't do like uh you know digital marketing i don't do pay-per-click ads or you know social media ads or anything uh it's really word of mouth so that's why that's why I, do guests on podcast or be a guest on podcasts. Um, I've had clients refer up, you know, other, their, their friends to me and stuff like that. So I find that that organic growth is, is really valuable and people tend to find value in the product where someone clicks on a pay-per-click ad again, it's, it's sort of that transactional. When your first communication is transactional, it's hard to, I don't know. I've, I've just always found it's hard to have that long-term relationship. So, yeah. I just
0: like people to tell their friends. Exactly. I mean, I still think that's the best form of marketing is just that word of mouth. Because when you have a a close associate or close friend telling you, hey, this person is good. Hey, this person helped me out. This person improved my situation. It's so much more uh it's less friction in making yeah. that new um business relationship or finding that new client
1: yeah yeah no i love again it goes back to the relationships question you asked right it's like exactly you know you click on my my facebook ad it's going to send you an email every other day for three weeks to try and get you to to sign up uh but if if your friend said hey nate helped me here he's really good then they're calling me saying hey can we meet i'd love to see what you do and uh you know, I like to help people. So it
0: works all around. What are some lessons or some roadblocks that you experienced while trying to grow and build this company?
1: You know, it's interesting because I've, I've, again, I've done different businesses over the last 20 plus years. And depending on the stage I'm at, I have different blocks. And I think one thing consistently is usually the block is either me or it's in my head. Mm. And what I mean by that, like th- there's a time like when, when you're just starting a business and if you've ever experienced this, where you're like afraid to tell somebody that I started a business today yeah. because you're afraid to look at you and be like, oh yeah, good luck with that. That's never gonna work, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you don't, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like you're embarrassed that you started. You're like, okay, in two or three <laughs> years, I'll be, I'll be excited to tell people that I started a
0: business. <laughs> but if you real. can't tell
1: people you started a business, how are you ever supposed to to sell a product or sell a service?
0: Exactly. And
1: so just getting comfortable with the idea that wherever I am, I'm, It's it, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like I'm, I'm much more concerned about which direction I'm facing than where I'm at, right? If I'm, if I'm on the bottom step but I'm facing up and I'm going up that's where I should be that's better than being on the top step but I'm facing down right and so just just being okay being comfortable that hey I'm an entrepreneur I know that means that I might fail a business and lose money I know I have uh I know it might mean that I need other people's help I need a lawyer I need an accountant I need you know whatever uh just kind of get out of your own way say so, hey I'm I've started a business. I've committed to it. I I'm okay not knowing things. I'm not, in fact, I I think I used to be that person who was who was a bit prideful, right? And I I didn't want people's help. I wanted to be the entrepreneur who went out and took on the world by himself. But to be like, look, I'm starting a business, and I know this much. Like for me, it's accounting. Right? I know all this about accounting. Uh, or sorry, all of this about accounting. But even Uh, even though I have a bachelor's degree in marketing, I feel like I really don't know that much about practical marketing, right? And so I need someone's help there. When it comes to legal stuff, I'm not doing my own you know, whether it's contracts or uh, employee law or whatever it is, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have somebody else help me. Uh, Employee management, I don't want to deal with that. I want someone else to deal with my employees, you know. It's totally fine wherever you are to just accept that you got a long
0: ways to go and we all do and there's no problem with that i definitely can't relate to that one thousand percent i feel like that's yeah. the stage i'm in you know like when you when you start a business it feels it sounds cool to be like yeah i did this myself mm-hmm. you know running it all every aspect of the business but it's like man in in reality you need help you need those right pieces around you you need that expertise around you because um you know that's the reason why you started the business because you have a, ex- a level of expertise in a certain area but you can't put that pressure on yourself or expect yourself to um master every aspect of business to master every aspect of what you have to do throughout the day yeah um, well you know
1: what wesley if you I think it, it starts that way when you're new, right? When you're, I'm I'm, I'm the only employee, right? I, I started a business today. I don't have any employees. I don't have any, anybody else. But if you don't learn to delegate early on, once you do start growing and hiring employees, it's very hard to suddenly start letting go of things. And so if, and I know it's hard because in the beginning, you don't have a lot of cash usually, you know, so how do you hire that that bookkeeper or, you know, that first technician for whatever your business is? But I, if it's me, if I could go back and change things, I would start delegating sooner in my businesses and tra- you know, training those people. So, so that when I have like two employees, I can train them exactly how to do things instead of waiting until I got up to, you know, nine or 10 employees. And suddenly I've got 10 people who all do things their own way. And I'm like, oh crap, I should have had a plan for this. Right. <laughs> but if you start out, if you start out, at the beginning with the mindset that i'm going to hand off this piece at this point and this piece at this point uh it's not only a good exercise for your own mind and, and you know hiring other experts to do things you can't do but i think it does help you later in your business too
0: and that's a great piece of advice man thank you for sharing that um how do you define success as an entrepreneur
1: don't anymore
0: honestly <laughs>
1: Uh, I, again, on my website, I've got a little bit of my story that I drove, I drove two businesses into the ground before I actually sold a business for a profit. And you might say that's success, right? You might say, okay, you made it finally. I got it, whatever. And yeah, but I don't know. Part of me says taking the first step and starting that first business, that is its own level of success too, right? Sink or swim. Live or die, you 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 you've done something a lot of people don't do. You took a risk and, and hopefully it works out. Uh but as I get older, Wesley, I think it, it's just more about how do I spend my time? You know, am I am I enjoying what I'm doing every day? And not necessarily my work, because there's there's always gonna be a piece of your work that you're like, oh, I don't want to do this today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but is it at least a vehicle to let me do the things that I really enjoy doing you know maybe time with family maybe travel maybe whatever uh you know it's going to be different for everybody but but I think that's it if you're if you've got to go out and kill yourself for 10 years to reach a goal I don't think that's that's really worth it I think you've got to enjoy the journey unless it's a really really short journey to get you where you want to be
0: how would you like for people to remember you as well as the companies that you created and built
1: making me feel old like i'm gonna i'm gonna die soon or something uh no actually i i'm 45 and my answer to that definitely would have you know has changed if you'd have asked me that 20 years ago would be very different uh and you're making me want to improve myself too because I don't know that if I die right now, this is how people would remember me. But I I would want people to remember me as, hey, Nate actually cared about me as a person. He took time to to either to get to know me, to be interested in my needs. It wasn't all, again, it wasn't all transactional, right? It wasn't, Nate, I was Nate's client and he took care of me and then he was gone, on to the next client. It's like, no, Nate was actually, he, he cared about me, he knew me that's that's what I would want and I probably like I said I probably have some work to do to get there.
0: What does the future of zero to CFO look like to you?
1: I you know I've, I always feel like I've got to continually earn my place with clients and so I've got to provide value. And if I, if I build a dashboard and that one dashboard provides you value for the next 10 years, hey, that's great. But it's more, li- more than likely that uh, as your business changes, the dashboard is going to have to change, right? It's going to be, hey, we need to start measuring this new thing or this new thing. Uh, so I, I see it growing. The automated piece definitely will, is, is scalable. Um, but there's going to be a point, I think, where it gets big enough that we'll have to have uh some processes around how do we make sure that the clients continually get the value of it month after month, not just you know in the first six months to a year as it's a new thing. How do we adapt to meet the needs of our clients? So yeah, I'll have to figure that out as we go. I don't have an answer for that yet.
0: That's awesome, man. Nate, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. I really uh enjoy getting the chance to talk to you, man, and getting the chance to pick your brain. And uh, I feel like you dropped some gems tonight, man. It gave me some really valuable insights on, Thanks, Wesley. on uh, how to make a company profitable. The importance of um, really studying your business and understanding what you're doing, as well as like how to grow your company at a good pace, at a, at a reasonable pace and not feel extremely overwhelmed and, and like you have to do everything all at once, man. So thank you for your time and thank you for the valuable insights.
1: It's been great to be here, Wes. It's good getting to know you too a little bit and share some of my stories. But yeah,
0: I hope, I
1: hope I've hope i connected with somebody and that something I said is, is valuable out there. Um, I really, if there's one thing, well, two things. If there's two things I could leave people with, it would be make sure you have good bookkeeping. And once you have that in place, make sure you have a forecast. Even if it's looking just one month ahead, make sure you have a forecast.
0: Absolutely, man. Great advice. thank you nate my pleasure uh again good to meet you so thanks wesley